Section two of The Little Angel and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Little Angel and Other Stories by Leonid Nikolaevich Andreev. Translated by W. H. Love. The Little Angel, Part One. At times, Sashka wished to give up what is called living, to cease to wash every morning in cold water, on which thin sheets of ice floated about, to go no more to the grammar school, and there to have to listen to everyone scolding him, no more to experience the pain in the small of his back, and indeed over his whole body when his mother made him kneel in the corner all the evening but since he was only thirteen years of age and did not know all the means by which people abandon life at will he continued to go to the grammar school and to kneel in the corner and it seemed to him as if life would never end a year would go by, and another, and yet another, and still he would be going to school, and be made to kneel in the corner. And since Sashka possessed an indomitable and bold spirit, he could not supinely tolerate evil, and so found means to avenge himself on life. With this object in view, he would thrash his companions, be rude to the head, impertinent to the masters, and tell lies all day long to his teachers and to his mother, but to his father only he never lied. If in a fight he got his nose broken, he would purposely make the damage worse, and howl without shedding a single tear, but so loudly, that all who heard him were fain to stop their ears to keep out the disagreeable sound. When he had howled as long as thought advisable, he would suddenly cease, and, putting out his tongue, draw in his copy-book a caricature of himself, howling at an usher who pressed his fingers to his ears while the victor stood trembling with fear the whole copy-book was filled with caricatures the one which most frequently occurred being that of a short stout woman beating a boy as thin as a lucifer match with a rolling pin below in a large scrawling hand would be written the legend beg my pardon puppy and the reply won't blowed if i do before christmas sashka was expelled from school and when his mother attempted to thrash him he bit her finger this action gave him his liberty he left off washing in the morning ran about all day bullying the other boys and had but one fear 
and that was hunger, for his mother entirely left off providing for him, so that he came to depend upon the pieces of bread and potatoes which his father secreted for him. On these conditions, Sashka found existence tolerable. One Friday, it was Christmas Eve, he had been playing with the other boys until they had dispersed to their homes, followed by the squeak of the rusty frozen wicket gate as it closed behind the last of them. It was already growing dark, and the gray snowy mist was traveling up from the country along a dark alley in a low black building which stood fronting the end of the alley. A lamp was burning with a reddish, unblinking light. The frost had become more intense, and when Sashka reached the circle of light cast by the lamp, he saw that fine dry flakes of snow were floating slowly on the air. It was high time to be getting home. Where have you been knocking about all night, puppy? exclaimed his mother, doubling her fist, without, however, striking. Her sleeves were turned up, exposing her fat white aims, and on her forehead, almost devoid of eyebrows, stood beads of perspiration. As Sashka passed by her, he recognized the familiar smell of vodka. His mother scratched her head with the short, dirty nail of her thick forefinger, and, since it was no good scolding, she merrily spat and cried, Statisticians! That's what they are! Sashka shuffled contemptuously and went behind the partition, from whence might be heard the heavy breathing of his father. Ivan Savich, who was in a chronic state of shivering, and was now trying to warm himself by sitting on the heated bench of the stove, with his hands under him, palms downwards. Sashka, the Svechnikovs have invited you to the Christmas tree. The housemaid came, he whispered. Get along with you said Sashka with incredulity. Fact! The old woman there has purposely not told you, but she has mended your jacket all the same. Nonsense! Sashka replied, still more surprised. The Svechnikovs were rich people who had put him to the grammar school, and after his expulsion had forbidden him their house. His father once more took his oath to the truth of his statement, and Sashka became meditative. Well, then, move, shift a bit, he said to his father, as he leapt upon the short bench, adding, I won't go to those devils. I should prove jolly well too much for them if I were to turn up. Depraved boy! drawled Sashka in imitation of his patrons. They are none too good themselves, the smug-faced prigs. 
Oh, Sashka, Sashka, his father complained, sitting hunched up with cold. You'll come to a bad end. What about yourself, then? was Sashka's rude rejoinder. Better shut up. Afraid of the old woman. Bah! Old muff. His father sat on in silence and shivered. A faint light found its way through a broad clink at the top, where the partition failed to meet the ceiling by a quarter of an inch, and lay in bright patches upon his high forehead, beneath which the deep cavities of his eyes showed black. In times gone by, Ivan Savich had been used to drink heavily, and then his wife had feared and hated him, but when he had begun to develop unmistakable signs of consumption, and could drink no longer, she took to drink in her turn, and gradually accustomed herself to vodka. Then she avenged herself for all she had suffered at the hands of that tall, narrow-chested man, who used incomprehensible words, had lost his place through disobedience and drunkenness, and who brought home with him just such long hair, debauched and conceited fellows as himself. In contradiction to her husband, the more Feoktista Petrovna drank, the healthier she became, and the heavier became her fists. Now she said what she pleased, brought men and women to the house just as she chose, and sang with them noisy songs, while he lay silent behind the partition, huddled together with perpetual cold, and meditating on the injustice and sorrow of human life. To everyone with whom she talked, she complained that she had no such enemies in the world as her husband and son. They were stuck-up statisticians. For the space of an hour his mother kept drumming into Sashka's ears. But I say you shall go, punctuating each word with a heavy blow on the table, which made the tumblers placed on it after washing jump and rattle again. But I say I won't, Sashka coolly replied, dragging down the corners of his mouth with the will to show his teeth, a habit which had earned for him at school the nickname of Wolfkin. I'll thrash you, won't I just? cried his mother. All right, thrash away. But Feoktista Petrovna knew that she could no longer strike her son now that he had begun to retaliate by biting, and that if she drove him into the street, he would go off larking and sooner get frostbitten than go to the Svechnikovs. Therefore she appealed to her husband's authority. Calls himself a father and can't protect the mother from insult. Really, Sashka, goo, why are you so obstinate? He jerked out from the bench. They will perhaps take you up again. They are kind people. 
Sashka only laughed in an insulting manner. His father, long ago, before Sashka was born, had been tutor at the Svechnikovs, and had ever since looked on them as the best people in the world. At that time he had held also an appointment in the statistical office of the Zemstvo, and had not yet taken to drink. Eventually he was compelled through his own fault to marry his landlady's daughter. From that time he severed his connection with the Svechnikovs and took to drink. Indeed, he let himself go to such an extent that he was several times picked up drunk in the streets and taken to the police station. But the Svechnikovs did not cease to assist him with money, and Fyaktista Petrovna, although she hated them, together with books and everything connected with her husband's past, still valued their acquaintance and was in the habit of boasting of it. Perhaps you might bring something for me, too, from the Christmas tree, continued his father. He was using craft to induce his son to go, and Sashka knew it, and despised his father for his weakness and want of straightforwardness. Though he really did wish to bring back something for the poor, sickly old man, who had for a long time been without even good tobacco. All right, he blurted out. Give me my jacket. Have you put the buttons on? No fear. I know you too well. End of the Little Angel, Part 1